What you are about to hear is a labor of love, our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock
through the misty morning Valleys and mountains Ocean and seas Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. So yeah, the opening song right there, that was Bad Company, a band that I don't play a lot on the show. I'm not the biggest Bad Company fan, but I will say I, I kind of put them in the category of I'm a greatest hits fan. I'm sure most of you understand what that kind of a phrase means. I'm not saying anything disparaging about them. I just don't have all the full-length albums. But I will say, the best of that I do own by them is one of the best anthologies you could get from any band. Uh, it's this great two-disc set that Rhino Records put out about 20 years ago called the Original Bad Company Anthology. It's two discs. It gets the best of all the records. And uh, true to being an odd and end, they throw in three new songs recorded by the uh, pretty much the original lineup of Bad Company. Of course, Paul Rogers there on lead vocals, one of the great singers of all time in rock history. And as you could tell by that phrase I just threw down, yes, we are doing another Odds and Ends episode. This time we're going to be focusing for the next two episodes on the letter B. But yeah, uh, if you heard back uh, when I was tackling the letter A, what I basically am doing here is, since I got a new computer this year, and I've uh, been going through the iTunes library and uh, making all these new folders for the years and cover songs and things like that, just show ideas that I do here for Rock Strikes 10, because I obsess over these kind of lists. So I figured I'd make the painstaking effort worth my while, create some extra episodes here for the show and for friends of the show out there listening. And I love doing the odds and ends theme. It's one of my favorite series, little mini-series that I put here within Rock Strikes 10 because it gets to focus on the songs that don't really have much of a home anywhere. Uh, these are basically songs that don't appear on full-length studio records. They either show up on soundtracks, EPs, tribute albums, uh, single-only releases, uh, things such as this, brand new songs on a best of. And even though it's on this really great set, like, you know, the new songs usually do get ignored. Very rarely do the new songs on a best of become like a hit song, like a big thing, and just as popular. There are some instances of that happening, but more often than not, it doesn't really happen. As if you heard on one of those past episodes, I played like a new Aerosmith song, and that didn't even really get, even get any radio play, even though it was a new song on a best of. But there you go, that was Hammer of Love by Bad Company. I think it's a pretty cool song. It's definitely the best of those new songs that appear on there. Uh, but yeah, I always show for Rhino Records. I haven't done it much lately, but you know, if you're getting like a best of and they happen to have one out on Rhino, that's the way to go, of course. I have a weird memory of this Bad Company anthology disc set because that was the big product that Rhino was pushing. They did this really crazy event, not for the Bad Company album per se, but just for Rhino Records in general. We used to have a Tower Records actually over in Dallas, Texas, and I used to work nearby that Tower Records back when I had a job in proper Dallas. Uh, you know, I live outside of it in the suburban areas, but yeah, I remember they were holding an event and it was called, uh, I don't know, it was like basically the SATs of music. Like Rhino Records is putting on this thing and you'd show up and, you know, you'd take this test and it would take like a few hours. I remember sitting on a table outside in the parking lot of the Tower Records taking this test. And I, I didn't even take like most of my school tests this seriously, but I remember sitting there and, you know, really like, man, I want to win the grand prize. I didn't win the grand prize. I don't even think I got any participating award. I don't remember winning any prizes that day, but I do remember that one of the big prizes they gave away was this Bad Company anthology. I'd like to say that I won it taking that test, but I just bought it later on when I was working at CD Warehouse. So, but yeah, still definitely uh, an anthology worth getting if you don't want to get all of the records. Uh, yeah, 10 from 6 is good, but anthology is the way to go. So yeah, we're focusing on the odds and ends here. We're going in alphabetical order. And if you heard the letter A episodes, you'll know that I'm going iTunes alphabetical, which means even if it's an artist, like a singular artist, if the first letter of their name begins with a B, then I'll have them on the show if they turn up. So it's not just bands that start with B. It's people whose first names start with the letter B. That's usually not my style. But like I said, this is proper iTunes order, so I have to do it this way. Otherwise, it makes my job that much more difficult. Is it a job if you don't get paid? Anyway, okay. 
that's I, I don't beg for money uh, except uh, you know if you might want to pay attention to the plugs at the end of the show done by a better voice than mine uh, so yeah let's move on here second song I'm going to focus here the odds and ends with the letter B is this band right here now this is one of the great odds and ends of all time I also put this up there with one of the great cover songs of all time and I'm actually not going to play the original version of this cover song definitely not going to play the original original because this is one of those instances where, yes, it's such a good cover song. Not only is it better than the original, it completely smokes and outdoes the original. Maybe some people don't even realize it is a cover song. That could be the case, and good for you if you never heard it, because not a big Simon and Garfunkel fan, like really at all. At all, at all. I mean, I respect the writing, but, you know, yeah, it, it kind of puts me to sleep a little bit here and there. But back in 1988, I want to say, 87? Yeah, 87, 88, something like that. Uh, the Less Than Zero soundtrack. A lot of big rock fans own the Less Than Zero soundtrack because it's a treasure trove for odds and ends. Yeah, you've got everybody from Joan Jett to Slayer to Poison to L.O. Cool J on that damn thing. Orin Juice Jones is even on that goddamn thing. And of course, the biggest hit off of it is one of the great cover songs of all time, which is the Bengals doing Simon and Garfunkel's Hazy Shade of Winter. But I'm going to double down on this entry. I'm not even going to play you that version. I am going to play you the Bengals doing Hazy Shade of Winter, and no, it's not a live version either. I'm going to play you a version that came off of a import two-disc best of of the Bengals called the Definitive Collection. I think it was an overseas version of Sony that put this out on Legacy. And they used to do these things where they have these classic artists. They do a disc of the best studio cuts of all time, and then they'd have like this bonus disc that wasn't like a full-length disc. It was like an EP length, and they would put on like all of the official like 12-inch versions, the extended versions, what have you. So I'm going to play you this. This is weird because it takes the Hazy Shade of Winter cover that the Bengals did and it basically makes it twice as long because the Bengals version, you know, of Hazy Shade of Winter is under three minutes. This one takes it into like the five minute realm. So it's kind of meant for the clubs if they were going to play them and stuff like that. So uh, I haven't heard this in forever, but there's a lot of differences in it. It keeps the same rhythm, but there's a lot of extra bells and whistles in it, much like you would hear in a 12 inch version. But I'm kind of fascinated by 12-inch versions of rock songs. So I figured, what the hell? Let's just play it here on the odds and ends. So being an ultra, ultra odd and end right here, this is a song from a best of, taken originally from a soundtrack, remixed into 12-inch style, and made it twice as long. Here is the Bengals doing Simon and Garfunkel's Hazy Shade of Winter, the extended 12-inch mix.
All right, there you go. The 12-inch mix of Hazy Shade of Winter by the Bengals off of this import double-disc best of called the Definitive Collection of the Bengals. So, yeah, hope you enjoyed that. Let me know if you've ever heard that before, if that was your first time hearing it. Did you even like that version? I don't know. But uh, there's a lot of extra percussion and shit in it, so I kind of dig it. It's different. It's even mixed a different way sonically, but you can't really beat their original recording of it. But, yeah, just a fun, different thing. And, you know, they don't really play Easy Shade of Winter on the radio too much anymore, do they? But they should. That thing rocks, man. So, anyway, like I said, one of the great covers of all time. It's it's even up there with, like, Van Halen's You Really Got Me. So, all right. My opinion. Okay, so I said we're going in alphabetical order. This is a bit of an asterisk because we're going to go back to bad as opposed to we just played the Bengals. But for the purpose of this, and I wanted to do the bit here because I kind of ran into this and I didn't really know which one to choose as far as representing this particular album. But as luck would have it, they pretty much almost come neck and neck in the alphabet order. So I was like, fuck, man, I really want to play these two songs, even though they're off the same soundtrack. So I was like, screw it, I'll do a twofer. Let's go out of alphabetical just a little bit here. Not too much, so you can't be too mad at me. But this is a quality, quality rockin' double shot that I'm about to play for you. And I'll fill you in on the details afterwards. But we're going to take a trip back to one of the great films of all time, especially one of the great films from the 90s. It's kind of a game changer for the industry in itself. And, uh, you know, shaping my kind of humor. Uh, so, yeah, this one's always a good idea. So here are two excellent songs from the movie Clerks.
All right, great stuff right there. A killer double shot from the soundtrack to the movie Clerks. That is uh, easily one of the best 90s soundtracks ever. That's my singles. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. What up, Baco? Uh, but, yeah, that one was for you also, the Bash and Pop song we just heard. Also for you, Nola. Oh, I know he's a big Bash and Pop fan. Uh, but, yeah, we started off that double shot with the great Bad Religion with Leaders and Followers, which really seems to only be on that soundtrack. And that song, Making Me Sick, by Bash and Pop, Tommy Stinson of Replacements fame, leads that band, one of the great bands, uh, especially like of the garage alterna scene. But uh, yeah, go check out their two records. <laughs> uh, Making Me Sick, I guess, was an outtake from their first album, Saturday Night Is Killing Me. Uh, great song unto itself. Maybe it does work better on a soundtrack and by itself, but really, really love that song, and I love that Bad Religion song. That's one of my favorite Bad Religion songs, and they got some good ones out there, but that one really sticks out. And I just have a massively positive memory of the Clerks soundtrack in and of itself. So there you go. It's alphabetical enough. Bad religion into bash and pop. And we are not breaking stride here with the alphabet as we continue on with this. And I will also say, just uh, just as a programming note, there are so many odds and ends concerning, you know, certain artists that I'm just, you know, and you don't need to hear them all that much as far as, like, on a show like this. Uh, you're not going to hear one of my personal favorite bands, the Beach Boys. You're not going to be hearing them on here, but they got a ton of odds and ends. So many live albums, so many box sets. Uh, I just couldn't decide, so I gave up. So they're not going to be here on the show. Sorry uh, if you're a Beach Boys fan like I am. And I'm not going to play the Beatles either, because same thing. They got so much stuff. So And also, it basically got to, like, 22 songs representing B, so the obvious choice is to, you know, cut those two out for the purpose of, you know, being a little different. And that's what I strive to do here on Rock Strikes 10. I don't have to try too hard to be, I guess, quote-unquote, this different. I'm not doing it to be cool. This is just my musical brain here. Uh, this is an obvious artist to most people. I would hope so, at least. But this is a true odd and end in the sense that I don't think most people have heard this song. Yeah, it's out there on YouTube, and I might have stolen it from it, but in a very early incarnation, not too early, but uh, one of the first ever hip-hop tracks that was done by the Beastie Boys that actually was released on a 12-inch record back in the day, prior to License to Ill coming out, uh, actually just around the time that they were doing She's On It for Crush Groove, they were just uh, getting out of their kind of hardcore punk thing and getting into the hip-hop thing. But they did put this out as an official 12-inch. The only problem with it is, is that it's not really on anything in the CD era. They've tried to, actually. They wanted to put this out on the Sounds of Science anthology, that really great, speaking of great double-disc anthologies, that's another good one. Even though it's not chronological, it's still a great double-disc. Uh, and they actually were trying to put it on there, and they actually were refused the rights to use the sample. Uh, very unfortunate. I, I know that the act in question, and you will hear them being sampled here on this track, uh, not a fan of hip-hop in general, uh, so they said no. It's unfortunate. It's an old man way of thinking, because they definitely would have gotten paid for it, so they had the artistic choice in saying they didn't want to be involved at all, which is sad once again, but, you know... It is what it is, as they say, and I hate that phrase, but uh, couldn't think of anything else to say there. But you're going to hear right here, you're obviously going to catch the sample right away. Uh, so here is one of the first ever hip-hop tracks the Beastie Boys ever threw down on from the original 12-inch audio vinyl, which I had to rip off of YouTube because I can't buy it or else I would have. And if anybody has a physical copy of the 12-inch out there, please send it to me. But here you go. Till then, this is the Beastie Boys, one of the greats, with Rock Hard. Set. We're gonna get loose. We gotta be hot, beat 
All right, there you go. Beastie Boys with one of their earliest tracks there, Rock Hard. And yes, of course, you obviously caught the Back in Black sample, which they just looped it and, and did it over and over again. And like I said, sadly, no permission to put that out in this day and age. Would have been a good payday for them, but, you know, that's that's their decision. So it, whatever. You know, I, they must have gotten word back from them early on, which is why they're actually there's no ACDC samples in any of their other albums. And even when you didn't have to pay for them so much, they, they, they still didn't use them. So maybe they had heard back early on like some negative thing from them. I, I'm not sure. Who knows? Just a theory. So moving on here. ACDC is still great. Beastie Boys are still great, by the way. But yes, we are moving on uh, onto a band that uh, a good '80s band. Uh, they're known as an '80s band. They, of course, have stuff out after the '80s. I saw this band live, opening for the Go Go's on their reunion tour in 1999. So two bands that supposedly were like way past their heyday, but they both put on excellent shows. One of the great sex symbols of all time, Terry Nunn and Berlin. I, I like Berlin a lot. You know, those early albums are especially great. But I know they have a different best of out. I think there was like one of those VH1, We Are the 80s, best ofs of Berlin. It's probably better than the one I have. But the only one I have here is the best of 1979 through 1988, which is pretty good. But, it, you know, it's out of order. You know, I, I'm i not a big fan of non-chronological best ofs, as we just talked about. But uh, one thing I do take away from this best of album is the new track that actually heads up the entire record. That's usually not a thing that normally happens it happens here and there but leading off your best of with a new song is kind of a risk but i think this opens up the album in a great way so this to me in my opinion is one of the great new songs on a best of ever and a great vocal performance right here you'll hear it and i believe this was produced by the great bob ezrin if i'm not mistaken who had produced their uh count three and, and play record which was like the big album for them that had take my breath away on it and everything but anyway Really cool track regardless. Here is the new song off of the Best of Berlin. This is Blowin' Sky High. TNT Pass it around Give it a minute Cause I believe I'm gonna need help Defending my streets Your guns won't win The wild west My weapon won't fail When the buttons press
Alright, there you go. That was Berlin with Blowing Sky High, the new track that came off of their Best of 79 through 88 CD. Hope you enjoyed that. That's one of those things that, you know, can really do well for you if it's on iTunes out there, if you find a way to download it legally, which we do promote on here. Uh, but yeah, worth just kind of cherry picking to get that. But, you know, if you don't have any Berlin songs, it's it's a good release as well. You know, you got stuff like the Metro, of course, No More Words, things like that. You know, uh, you know, I can take or leave, take my breath away. I've heard it enough. But uh, yeah, you know, when, when I saw him do it live, uh, Terry actually just walked out through the crowd and just was kind of singing the song as she was walking through the crowd. I, I think just to keep her interest in it. Who knows? But definitely go a little slightly deep on him if you haven't yet. But uh, anyway, moving on here. Speaking of empowered women of rock and roll of all time, really cool short-lived band right here. So short-lived, they only put out one full length before their untimely passing. And uh, I, I say untimely passing because their singer actually died uh, in a car accident, which was not her fault. And it's really sad. A band called Betty Blowtorch. And there's a cool documentary out on them. You should definitely check it out. Uh, and really the only other thing they put out besides their full-length album, which was called Are You Man Enough? There was a kind of rarities, live tracks, demo tracks, kind of full-length called Last Call that came out posthumously. And there's some fun tracks on there. They used to be called Butt Trumpet, actually, by the way, before they were Betty Blowtorch, or at least most of the members from that were in that band. So Butt Trumpet was kind of on the verge of maybe breaking through. I know they at least had a major deal for a little bit. Uh, but they actually had some cool songs despite their terrible name, uh, and they even re-recorded some of those as Betty Blowtorch, but uh, I'm getting into the documentary here. Let's move uh, on to the Odd and End record, which was called Last Call that I just referenced, and one of them, I actually think this particular song improves on the version that was on Are You Man Enough? So even though this one is not as produced, I think the attitude and the overall execution of the song is better on this original rough version right here. So here you go from Betty Blowtorch's Last Call album of Rarities. The song is called Dresses. there you go take that courtney love yeah because <laughs> yeah she was like wearing dresses was like her thing but uh there you go betty blowtorch those uh hot rodden motorcycle mamas right there with dresses the ultimate anti-beauty anthem right there actually i i think that's sexier to like you know be that you know be able to say something like that nothing wrong with dresses don't get me wrong but you know yeah i, I just appreciate the sentiment is all but yeah go check out some betty blowtorch if you haven't heard them and go check out the documentary about them as well 
Next song here, you've heard this a lot, especially if you're like my age or a little older, or maybe just slightly younger. This song was, it's weird, this song was everywhere when it was out, but in just really one format. And it's weird because, this is a weird explanation, but I'm going to go ahead and explain it to you right here. So this is a live version of a song, and the version that was on MTV, that was the video version, was like really popular. And, like, I remember you couldn't escape this. I got sick of it. It was on, like, every five minutes. You know, I love it now, but back then I never wanted to hear it again, despite me being a big fan of this artist in question. But the weird thing about it was, you know, you would see, if you, when you had MTV back in the day, at the beginning and at the end of the video, they'd give the info for the track, you know, who the artist is, the name of the song, what album it's on, things like that, even the record label, because they paid money for it. Uh, so this thing was said to be on a particular album, but when you bought the record, if you did... You didn't get this version that was in the video. You wanted this really cool live version, but you didn't get it. You got the 12-inch version that you might have already heard somewhere else. Really dumb, like the way... So I'm just going to tell you, this is supposed to be on Billy Idol's Vital Idol album. And the Vital Idol album is just 12-inch mixes, and, you know, and it's under the guise of being a best of. And people really don't read the backs of the albums. You know, they, they'll see the song titles, but they, you know, they may not realize these are 12-inch versions, not the ones we're used to hearing on the radio. Now, I don't have anything really against the 12-inch versions, but I just think that it, it really was a money grab because it just seemed like they were just trying to sell these songs and sell this album, and it was kind of under... It was basically a ruse, in my opinion. So it would even say in the video info, hey, this version's on Vital Idol. But it wasn't. You got the 12-inch version of the old studio version of Moni Moni. But like I said, the one they played on MTV is the one you wanted to own. At least that's the one I wanted to own. So never had this. And the only time the live version of Moni Moni has appeared on anything that I know of that was, uh, you know, attached to Billy was... There's like an import best of uh, called like 11 of the best, I think. And that one, I believe, does have the live version of Moni Moni on there. But I got it on this like 80s comp, this random 80s comp that's, you know, just one of those cash grabs. It has like 10 songs on it and it's super short. But for some reason, they had the cool live version of Moni Moni. So I said all that to play this. And maybe you haven't heard this in a while, but I think it's super cool. It's a true odd and end in the sense of you apparently weren't allowed to buy it back then. Maybe it's on 45. Did anybody have it on 45 with this cool live version on it? Let me know. Anyway, this is Billy Idol and the proper live video version of the Tommy James classic, Moni Moni. All right. You want to dance? Yeah. 
All right. There you go. And even I'm remembering now that when Weird Al did a parody of Billy Idol's version of Moni Moni called Alimony, he actually based the arrangement off of the live version here with the guitar solo. So yeah, that's how popular that version was. In fact, it was like a weird MTV hit and it's not on the damn record. But yeah, there you go. I'm fascinated. That was Moni Moni by Billy Idol, a live version featuring a great guitar solo by Steve Stevens. If you remember the video where Billy's grinding on the... Uh, keyboard player lady slash background vocalist it's okay that was his uh, wife fiance at the time something like that so anyway there you go in case you were curious if you go back and watch the video and you're like well that's inappropriate but uh eh, i mean maybe it was but it's a lot better that it's you know his actual significant other okay staying with the billies so yeah i think you know where we're going with this billy joel billy's got a really cool career retrospective box set called my lives so I picked that up uh, on a really cool sale a few years ago. Really happy to get it. It's got some cool unreleased stuff on there. There's definitely enough unreleased stuff on there to make it a worthy purchase. You know, especially if you don't have some of these songs. There's definitely a good amount of the original versions of the songs that you're familiar with. But then, like, you know, you may not have a certain original song on there and may put it on as a live version, which you kind of want to do on a box set. You don't want to outsell your other records you know there's money to be had here but i like this choice here because uh definitely one of my big regrets is i never saw one of those co-headline stadium shows with billy and elton playing together where they do the co-headline sets and they jam at the end of the night and all that stuff and they take turns doing each other's songs and things like that and uh, one of those performances is on the my lives box set so uh really happy to feature this one here on the show this is definitely one of the great billy joel songs of all time and of course really neat to hear elton sing his parts on here as well so here you go a live version with dueling pianos of billy joel and elton john doing you may be right
out the light Don't try to save me When you made me wrong All I know is baby right You made me wrong but you made me right You made me wrong but you made me right You made me wrong but you made me right You made me wrong but you made me right All right, there you go. Billy Joel and Elton John duetting on the Billy Joel classic, You May Be Right. That that era, the, where that, is that from Glass Houses? It's from that era. It's like there's, there's that great four-album run just after The Stranger. Nothing wrong with The Stranger, but to me it's like Glass Houses, 52nd Street, uh, and uh, Nylon Curtain. I just love that particular period of Billy Joel stuff. If you ever get into it, that's the era I like. Go ahead and put The Stranger on there, too. But, uh, yeah, uh, angry young Billy Joel. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Billy always had, e even when he was, like, you know, kind of a safe artist, he always kind of had an edge to him because definitely his personality is very nonconformist in a way. And one of the things I always like to point out is if you've never seen his speech where he inducts John Mellencamp into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, pretty priceless because he's definitely drunk and uh, says something to the effect of how about that John we outlived the music industry love it <laughs> Billy kind of had a right to be angry honestly because uh, he got ripped off he lost all of his money twice one of the best behind the music ever alright so on to the next song here speaking of piano playing guys named Billy sticking with that theme it leads to something like this now this is another true odd and end and i say this a lot but this is it's like inception and speaking of inception we're talking about movies so this is a song from a film soundtrack that i found later on on a different film soundtrack that was like kind of paying tribute to that old film soundtrack and just wanting to use it again if that makes any sense to you then you might be a quentin tarantino fan which I am. So I first heard this song as an entry and definitely one of the great music cues, if not the best music cue for the Inglorious Bastards soundtrack and movie. Uh, so yeah, the piano playing Billy in question is Billy Preston, who at one point could have laid claim to being the fifth Beatle or the sixth Stone. Yeah, I have to say that really slowly because, you know, it'll get mixed up there. But yeah, Billy Preston, that guy got around uh, in more ways than one. But uh, yeah, definitely had some huge company in his career. So if you kind of know him for the mellow song stylings of, you know, doing one of the, you know, not the biggest, but one of the bigger versions of You Are So Beautiful and even stuff like, you know, That's the Way God Planned It. Maybe you've never heard something like this. This one's a beast. This is Slaughtered. <laughs>
All right, and I realized as soon as I hit play on that track that I called it Slaughtered in past tense. It's actually just Slaughter. So yeah, that was originally the title track from uh, an early 70s exploitation movie, and Jim Brown was the star of it, I believe. Yeah, it was definitely Jim Brown. I almost said Fred Williamson. Okay, they made the same kind of movies. What do you want? Uh, but yeah, like I said, this came to focus for me for its use in Inglorious Bastards, and obviously Quentin was paying tribute to the film Slaughter right there. And that Billy Preston track, man, how great is that? I mean, that thing just, that thing's crazy. That's from 1972. That damn thing is almost 50 years old, and it still sounds amazing. Like, everything's just in the red. And, uh, yeah, I love it. So, yeah, I, I called it Slaughtered probably because of Pantera. But, yeah, Slaughtered by Billy Preston from the film soundtrack of the same name, it's not a really cool Billy, if you're going to get a Billy Preston CD, there's one called Ultimate Collection. That's where I got this from, and I also do have the Inglorious Bastard soundtrack. So I actually have the song twice on different albums that qualify as being a true odd and end right there. So, yay me. All right. And uh, that's going to be it. I failed to say closing off the show today, but yeah, that was the closer right there. And not a bad way to go with that Slaughter song. Amazing. Amazing stuff. So... I'm so anxious to get to the next part, so I think I'm actually going to just record it now and put it out in a few days. So look for it very soon. So yeah, I'm going to get into Volume 2, finishing off the letter B of my Odds and Ends project right here. If you like these episodes, let me know. If you like me to get to the letter C sooner than later, let me know. That's really going to make a difference in how quickly I get to it and just kind of trudge along and uh, documenting this stuff and organizing my iTunes because it's a big chore. But, you know, I'm happy to do it if you guys actually, you know, give a shit. Okay, guilt trip enough? Okay, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, the plugs, and the best damn outro song in the business. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message us for more details or to order. U.S. or APO boxes only. For now. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all of the episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, please check out our other quality shows, including The Wrestling Hell Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other, The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative, The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock with Joey and the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then... Have fun.